Hello and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden. We are continuing with our journey through 2 Timothy and we are on today to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 10 to 13. Before that we're going to read from Psalm 37 and before that we're going to pray together. Let's do that now. Lord, as we think today about issues of godliness and persecution, we pray that you would be with us. And we ask right now at the beginning of our time that you would lead us on in godliness. Lord, it's not easy, but we pray for your strength. So, Lord, help us during this time to understand your word and to put it into practice that we might grow in godliness. For your sake we pray, and in your name. Amen. So, Psalm 37, and the second section of this psalm that begins at verse 7. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And then 2 Timothy chapter 3 and beginning at verse 10. You, however... Know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we're called to live godly lives, but what are the consequences of doing that? There are some challenging things here for us in these verses. Recently, my son Joe has been doing jury service, and one of the things that he's had to do is weigh up the evidence in his particular case. And as I've said before, if we were in the dock with the charge that we are Christians, would there be enough evidence to convict 
what we see here in these verses is that if we're truly living a godly life, we will not only be convicted, but we will also be persecuted. In verse 12, the words in Christ Jesus are crucial here. All of those who live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. As we press on in godliness, in Jesus' way, as we reflect more and more of his character, persecution will come as surely as night follows day. And there is something about the character of Jesus Christ that attracts and repels. We see that in the gospel, don't we? Jesus lives a perfect, light-filled life. But as he journeys through his ministry, it's a journey that is leading him to the cross. Some are attracted, often the very non-religious people, the Mary Magdalene's, the Matthew the tax collectors of this world. But others are repelled. There is something about Jesus, something about the light that shines from him that just shows up the darkness in their own lives and provokes them. And so persecution comes. So it will be with all of those who live godly lives in Christ Jesus. There will be something that attracts, but also something that repels. And so, as a Christian, are you being persecuted? The question isn't just, is there enough evidence to convict you in your place of work and in the wider community? But as you truly live for Jesus, and as people see that, is there at least some measure of persecution, some measure of difficulty, because you are living for God in Christ Jesus? This is not a plea for us to be angular and difficult in the workplace. It's not a plea for us to witness inappropriately. But it is a plea for distinctiveness. It is a plea to live lives that reflect Jesus in every way, knowing that persecution will come sooner or later as a result think of someone that I, I used to know really well who I used to mentor. I will call him Bob. And he worked in a sales department and it was part of the culture of that firm that those who were working in sales would massage the figures to make their own department look good, to get more bonus, to get more financial reward. And as he grew in his faith, really a very young believer, he was challenged about that and realized that that was wrong and sought to behave in integrity in the workplace. To cut the story short, he ended up being dismissed on a trumped-up charge because his immediate superiors got frustrated that he wouldn't cook the books in terms of the sales figures, so their own bonuses and their own reputation were suffering. Sometimes we are persecuted because we take a stand as Christians, because we behave with integrity, because we reflect and live out of the light-filled values of Jesus Christ. 
Our text is clear, and I will say it again. All of those who live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It was true for Paul. It was true for Timothy. It was true for Bob in the account that I've related. And it will be true for you as well. Let's be forewarned and forearmed. And even so, let's press on in the life of godliness. For in doing so, there is great reward. In our time of prayer today, I really feel moved to pray for those who face difficult workplace situations, for those who have situations perhaps not dissimilar to the one that Bob faced, perhaps a a very different situation. You're seeking to behave with integrity and grace and mercy, and it so cuts against the culture of the workplace that you're getting into serious difficulty. Perhaps that's you. Perhaps you know someone like that. Perhaps you don't at the moment, so know someone in that position. But here today is an opportunity to stand in the gap with them, to lift them to God in prayer. Let's do that now. Lord God, we pray for those who are on the front line, in places of work, up and down our land and around the world. And especially we pray for those who work in a workplace where the culture, the values, do not reflect the biblical values that we see in the New and the Old Testament, where living a godly life is difficult Maybe that someone is just trying to live a quiet life, trying to get on with their work in God's way, but they are being pushed to do something that is clearly wrong. Lord, we lift before you all such, and we ask that you would comfort and strengthen them and overrule for them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we stand with our brothers and sisters, those that we know and those that we don't. Lord, if there's anyone who's listening to this podcast who is particularly facing such a a difficult situation at work at the moment, we want to stand with them as the community who listen to these podcasts and lift them to God in prayer now. Oh, Lord God, be with them. Give them wisdom Have mercy on them. Show them your grace. Continue to light their way, lighten their darkness, and help them to be a light to others. Yes, their godliness may be repelling some, but may it be attracting others, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 